Welcome everybody to a brand new installment of the Stupod, the Yahoo Sports Baseball Podcast. I am Mike Oz. And I am Chris Swick. Chris, you sounded so dejected there. You sounded sad. What's wrong? Did I? No, I'm not sad. Oh, okay. It's baseball time. Didn't know I don't know. If, I'm wrong. not sure what that means, but baseball Dude, is currently on. It's baseball time like like 10 months out of the year. So, Guys, it's baseball time. Get excited. It is, it is always baseball time, as they say. Uh, lots to talk about this week on the show. Uh, you know, not just the teams who are doing well, but we have some interesting topics. I think uh, the first of which, the big one, Chris. I, I feel like uh, we're hopping into debate season. Uh, you know, like the presidential debate was last week. It's kind of been a hot topic, and we have our own debate about baseball games and how fans should attend them, and specifically whether you should bring a glove. Pretty good stuff. Yeah, I just dropped a pen to make it sound like a gavel right there. I don't know if you. Good, good. I don't know if that came in, but. Uh, no, it sounded terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. I just dropped my pen. Um, and I know we got some other things lined up. So what, what's on the what's on the docket there? Well, we have to talk about the, well, actually the two hottest teams in the majors. So we're going to take a look at the Blue Jays, their current winning streak, and also the Chicago Cubs. And then, uh, you have a, a bit of an interesting topic. I don't know if I want to ruin it right now, but it has to do with kind of a stat debate. So Stat debate. And then, of course, uh, the famous uh, important questions. I have one. I'm not – I think you might have a You might have a story to tell I us. Wanna, I want to tell you about the time uh, last week that I almost got beat up by like a 60-year-old ex-pro good. wrestler. Good. Yeah. I'm sure you called him and was like, hey, if you see my cause, be sure to kick that hey, guy's ass. Yeah, beat this guy up, please. <laughs> Sent a picture out, like, I got 25 bucks on this guy's head for anybody who body slams him. <laughs> but uh, we're going to we're gonna have a – oh, our friend Bad News Ramen is joining us for the next segment, which uh, I don't know if – often a good thing on the show. I don't know in this particular instance if it's going to be a good thing for me personally. But uh, we will find out. I, I went to a – Went to a baseball game recently and got into a discussion with some friends about uh, catching foul balls and catching home runs, which translated into a big league stew post, which has now translated into a debate that uh, was started the other night when I was having dinner with Bad News Ramen. And now it's a podcast segment. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first official StuPod debate. I will be your judge, Chris Swick, and today's topic is whether you should bring a baseball glove to a game if you're an adult. On the in favor side, we have, you know him, you love him from the stew, Mike Oz. Mike, how are you? Doing good. Very good. And on the not in favor of, you don't know him from the stew, but maybe you know him from the StuPod, Bad News Ramen. Oh, yeah, they should know me. I've been here a couple times already. A couple they've, times. They, they, they've earmarked every time I've been on, so we're good. That's true. So booing. I, I'm booing myself. What are you talking about? <laughs> Gentlemen, let's let's talk some background here. This debate began uh, around Monday night due to a story that Mike Oz shared concerning a recent experience at a baseball game where he noticed a couple fans trying to catch home runs with their hats. Those fans unfortunately lost their hats, and Mike believes they would be better served with gloves. Bad News Ramen disagrees. So, gentlemen, 
we're here to figure out who's right. I will give you each some opening statements, some retorts. I have some questions to ask both of you. You'll make closing statements. And then since I have the supreme power, I will decide a winner at the end. That decision will be final. And uh, if you are mean to me, I will hold you in contempt of court. So don't do that. I think we should start with Mike. Uh, Mike, this is your opening statement. I'll give you 60 seconds to make your case in favor of an adult bringing a baseball glove to a game. Your 60 seconds begins now. Well, first off, thank you, Megan Kelly, for the nice intro. <laughs> I think uh, there are three very important pillars of my argument for bringing a glove to a baseball game, which certain people in the last couple of years I feel like are against that, and I, I think they just want to be mean people on the internet who judge other people. First of all, safety is important. I think a, a glove will help most people be more safe in an era where foul balls and bats and whatever fly into the crowd and hurt people. Uh, most people attending a baseball game probably have some you know, rudimentary use of a baseball glove that would help them, if nothing else, deflect a ball that's going to hit someone in the face. Um, easy. Uh, Two, it's it's way more convenient than using something like a hat to catch a ball. Catching a ball with a hat is stupid, and um, you, you know I've all for catching a, a ball with your bare hand. But uh, if we're going through the list of things to catch a foul ball or a home run with, uh, a glove is much better than a hat. And three, it's it's something that's part of the game. You know, we go to baseball to experience the culture, be a part of the culture. Uh, you know. Uh, be a part of the game. So it's not like you're bringing a fishing pole to a baseball game. You're bringing a glove, which is a part of the game. Uh, we are we are bringing a glove within the context of a baseball field. Anybody who thinks there's something wrong with that, I think is just being purposely obtuse and generally trying to be an a-hole. Bad news, Robin, your retort. Uh, well, first of all, Swick, I'd like to thank you for having me on. I'd like to thank the American people for, for listening to me. And I'd also like to thank him to... Uh, having the American people listen to Mr. Oz over there bumble around and you can tell he's really nervous because he knows he's going against greatness with me. Bad News Ramen does not advocate bringing a glove as a grown man to a baseball game. I, there are certain things with baseball that I will, I will go through just because people are dumb for the most part. My whole reasoning in life is you got to get the girl, all right? As a man, you do not bring a baseball glove with you. Say, Johnny's going to bring a baseball, and I might catch a baseball. You're a grown-ass man. Your name is not delicious, okay? You are a grown man. Catch the ball with your hand. And when you have the safety issue that this was brought up or before, which should be in the retort, but I'm going to do it now, you can't catch it. If a, if a bat goes in the stands, you can't catch a bat with a glove. You're fumbling around. You can't pass beer with a glove. You can't catch those dumb peanuts that, that they sell. I will listen to people sing Center Field by John Fogarty. I will watch the fat chicks stand up in front of me when, when God Bless America comes on and everything and they start singing. I am for that. I do not want to see a grown man with a glove trying to trying to catch a ball for little Johnny. Let little Johnny catch, catch the ball so he can be a hero to all his friends. As a grown man, when you catch that ball, you're not saying, oh, I caught it with my glove. You say, look, I caught this ball. But you will never say that you caught with the glove because you know you're not a man if you do it. All right, Mike, uh, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to retort some of that argument. All right. Well, first of all, I, I am not saying by bringing a glove that somehow, you know, makes it better than catching with your bare hand. I, I will fully admit that catching a baseball with your bare hand at a baseball game is the is the ideal way to do it. And but that's not the point. The point the, we're not debating what's the best way to catch a ball. We're debating whether it's 
you know, okay, socially acceptable to bring a glove. And I just don't see in the context of baseball at a baseball stadium at a baseball game that it's somehow embarrassing to bring one of the, you know, cornerstones of the game in order to be a part of your fan experience. Furthermore, I don't see how if if I want to do it, John or Chris or whoever, um, I don't see how it's really any of your business. If I want to bring a baseball glove to a baseball game for whatever reason, because I like my glove, because I think it's you know part of what I do, uh, and you don't want to do that because you want to catch the ball with your bare hand, fine. You know these two experiences don't have to be intermingled. So. While, ten seconds, Mike. Ten while, seconds. While, while you can do it and try to get the girl, ultimately, if I want to bring a glove, oh well. All right, John, you also get a retort. So you, you see how he, he, he steps away saying, oh, you know, you don't have to bring a glove if you don't want to, but, you know, you can if you want. I don't really don't care if you bring a glove. That's just the point. You would not bring a glove to a game. Most other people would not bring a glove to a game. You know, Mike, you, you're a, you, have, you have two boys, right? One of them is my godson. One of these days they're going to ask you, what do you do for a living, Dad? And you're like, oh, you know, I write baseball. And when you go, when I have to take them to a baseball game, the four of us will go to a baseball game or whatever it is. If they want to take baseball gloves and stuff and everything like that, by all means, take a baseball glove. If they want to sit there and go, you know, and get up out of their seat and, and, and pound the glove with their fist and go, come on, hit, hit it here, hit it here, by all means, do that. But if they ask you, dad with their with their you know and they look at you with their big baby blue eyes you know mirroring you and going can i bring a base a baseball glove when i'm 35 years old like you do and you say yes uh there's going to be no explanation i'm just going to pop you in the face and you're going to be on the ground <laughs> give me my 600 dollars. <laughs> all right so gentlemen thank you first off for being so civil during the opening remarks and retorts uh it's very appreciated in this you're, court you're, you're doing a you're doing a great job so yes great thank job. you uh, I have a, 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 a couple a questions. Right yes, I am. Okay. You don't need to know about that. <laughs> I, I, I bought on the robe. I also have a gavel, uh, which I purchased on the internet. So, gentlemen, I have some questions for you. I'm going to start with John. John, you are against a grown man bringing a baseball glove to a game. I'm wondering what your policies are for children bringing gloves to a game. And And when I ask this question, what I mean is... What is the acceptable cutoff date for a child slash teenager slash grown man to bring a baseball glove to a game in your mind? Little League. Once you're done with Little League, you can't bring a baseball glove anymore. Here's, here's the thing. I, I, I'm okay with kids bringing baseball gloves. If, if they want any, any kid that's going to love baseball for the rest of their lives and have it be a part of their life, whether it's in terms of family history, in terms of getting uh, – closely you know closer connected to family members and stuff and reading up on history knowing about Christy Matthews which most kids don't know who they are anything that that opens that avenue I am for but once you get past you're done with little league and you're starting to play high school and and, and middle school baseball leave the glove at home because I mean, you're not going to get the girl I mean here, here's the thing I am here for you you need to get the girl you're not going to get the girl when your when your panties are in your purse Mike I'd like to give you a, a brief retort to that uh, just, I, I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, we all agree on the kid stuff. I think we all agree that, that kids can bring ba- gloves to baseball games and it's cute and it's fun and, and whatever. I feel ultimately you can bring a baseball glove until you want to, you know, if, if, I don't care if you're 50 years old, if you're 70 years old, 
Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, I see no age limit on, on gloves. This is, this, this is a free country. We live by free will. We can make our own decisions. And if somebody wants to bring a baseball glove to a baseball game, whether they're 17 or 70, I have no problem with it. All right. Now, Mike, time for your question. And I feel that this is an arena where I can speak freely. I think the, the problem most people have with a grown man bringing a baseball glove to a game is that that grown man is often a jackass. <laughs> and if, if that man... You're catches, a biased judge. Listen. Hey, he's a great I am pre- I am presenting the argument as is, Mike, that's your first warning, okay? You, you overstep your bounds again. You don't want to know what's going to happen. That, that, was a good, that was a good way to enforce that rule. Good job. Now, Mike, my question to you would be, what happens after that grown man makes a catch with his glove? He, he catches the ball, and he's happy, and he's proud of himself. And, you know, if he's there with a kid, he gives it to a kid. If he's there with, um, you know, his, his girlfriend or his wife who – it sounds like Bad News Ramen thinks he would not have because he brought a glove. <laughs> he he might give the ball to them. Uh, maybe he might give the ball to someone else. You know, who knows? It, it's kind of up to the person. Um, I, I'm not. I'm definitely not advocating for. Oh well, you're going to be the guy who catches the ball and then and then keeps it. Um, but but I do think that the fact of the matter is, most people I think who who would be in that situation are probably a little more um, used to using a glove to catch a baseball. So. If that's how you feel comfortable going to a game and trying to catch a ball, like more power to you. Bad news, Ramen. Do you have uh, any anything to add to that argument? I have. Well, I'm not going to add to it. I'm going to dispel the argument. Sure. Any any guy that brings a glove to a baseball game is not going to give it to anyone except for himself. He's not going to give it to his kid. He's not going to give it to his to the to the poor lady that has to sit with this guy with his glove. Why? I mean, is this, are you going to, I've never brought a glove to a baseball game. I've had cousins when we were eight years old embarrass me bringing gloves to a baseball game. Does this guy wear a glove all the time or does he only put it on when a, when a ball gets in his direction? I just, I just don't get the whole thing with the glove. It's like, don't bring it. If, if you're 17 or if you're 70, if you're 70 years old, bring in a glove because you want to catch a ball. What's the point of that? It, it feeds into this culture of collectability, uh, I'm going to make money off this. The guy that caught a rods Homer. And it's just ridiculous. Give the guy the ball. Why? I I, see. I think, I think you're drawing a line there. No, 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 you're, you're, you're cutting me off and you don't do it. Swick. I mean, I I don't know why, I don't know why you're allowing this guy to keep on getting away with the stuff. I'm, I'm willing to see where this is going. Okay. That, that's a good, that's a good, uh, that's a good ruling. Go ahead. I, I think that you're, you're lumping in a lot of different people together who don't necessarily go together. I think, I think people who bring gloves to baseball games are not, you know, Zach Hample ball hawk guy trying to catch A-Rod's home run and, and cash in on it. I think some people are just, they, they come to the game. In, in essence, I think a lot of people going to a baseball game might remind them of being a kid. So, you know, in that in that sort of like childhood memory state, like, yeah, let's, then, bring, then let's bring my glove the, I used to, you, I used you to, I used to kids, use when I was a kid. Let the kids be the kids. Let the kids bring the baseball glove. You oh, and you, now you're interrupting you, me. Judge, where are you on this? Hey, hey. Listen, I'm willing to let this play out. Yeah, that's another great decision. See, see how see how that goes. You sound off like a little girl crying about it. I bet you you're wearing a baseball glove right now because anybody that cuts me off when when you cut me off the first time, and then try to point down, goes wait wait he's cutting me off. That just shows what type of person you are. Let the kid have the glove. You as a man do not bring a glove to the game. If a woman wants to bring a glove to the game, let them do it. They don't know how to catch for the most part unless they unless they're my daughters and they're playing little league baseball. 
But anybody that allows any woman that allows a guy to bring a glove, uh, you need a you need a serious look at 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 your relationship and your life, and you need to figure out what things going on. Let the kids bring the glove. As a grown man, try to catch it with your hand. If you catch it with your hand, you look like a superstar. And if you're gonna catch it with your hand, and yeah, I'm gonna lump everything in. If you catch a baseball with your hand, or you you have you have a significant other there, or you have your kid, you're gonna give that ball to that kid because you're not gonna try like, oh look, I got this ball. Anybody that that carries the ball is not a true baseball fan. All right, gentlemen, I think I've I've heard most of the argument here. I'm going to give you guys your 30-second closing statements. Mike, I think we should start with you. Uh, as a reminder, you are in favor of adults bringing gloves to games. Mike Oz, your closing statement. I am in favor of the right for adults to bring gloves to games. Not to say that every adult should bring a glove to a game or is required to bring a glove to a game, but if you want to, for whatever reason, whether it's safety, whether it's you know the way you identify with the culture of baseball, whether it's just the idea that going to a baseball game reminds you of being a kid and makes you want to bust out the glove that you used to use because you are connected to the sport in that way, in that moment, I am fine with it. I think that baseball and gloves and you know, there's all these different parts of the culture that, that we identify with, whether it's going to the baseball game and eating peanuts or eating a hot dog or busting out that hat you don't wear every day, but you wear it to the baseball field. It's the same thing. You bring your glove, you want to bring your glove to the game, and you want to try to catch a foul ball, more power to you. All right, and Bad News Ramen, who is not in favor, your closing argument. Anybody that needs to bring out their old battered glove to a baseball game to make them feel like a kid, Instead of volunteering their time by taking out that baseball glove, either playing catch with their with their daughter, with their son, or volunteering their time to at the YMCA and teaching kids how to catch, that's how that's what baseball is all about. Bringing a glove as a grown person to a game to catch a ball to try to for some reason to to say that you caught the ball is not the way it's supposed to be. Let the kids go after the balls. Let the kids develop their own memories of going to a ballpark. Let the kids be kids. You shouldn't be out there as a 35 or 40-year-old man fighting against little Johnny Jr., who's 8-year-old, who has a little Little League glove that can't catch anything except for that, except for a, a plastic ball. Let them go after the ball. Grown men running after balls just so they say that they, can, that they have some type of memory or reliving some type of memory of their childhood past is not good. Bad News Ramen does not abdicate grown men carrying baseballs. Let children create their own memories instead of having some fat guy push them out of the way to catch a ball hit by Yasuo Puig, which is going to be worth $5 in 10 years. Gentlemen, I've heard both arguments. I believe I'm ready to make my ruling. Uh, first off, I'd like to say thank you for, for bringing the arguments. Uh, however disappointing I found them in the end. Oh. I, I will that's say a, this. That, that's a good ruling. Uh, Mike Oz, my, my issue with your argument is that it's difficult to check, uh, as I said before, the jackassery of a grown man with a glove. Uh, they're a real wild card in the stands. And you didn't necessarily make me feel like, like we could keep these people in line. So that's a strike against you there. Bad News Ramen, on the other hand, implied that uh, I wouldn't have a wife if I brought a glove to a game. I like to think I'm skilled in many areas and I would have a wife if I brought a glove to a game at the age I'm at now. So, a strike against you, Bad News Ramen. However, after careful deliberation... You didn't deliberate. 
Yes, I did. He did. He did deliberate. This is a good job three days later. This is this portion of the podcast happened three days after the initial arguments. You can't argue that it didn't. Uh, I have determined that the jackassery is too much, and I, I award Bad News Ramen the win. If you're a grown man, you should not bring a baseball glove to a game. All decisions are final. I want 50, no arguments from either of you. Congratulations, 50, Bad 50 News Ramen. No. 50 and 0 against Mr. Ross this, over there. This is ridiculous. 50 and 0. Once, once the Tom Brady zero. appeal is going, we are taking this to the courts. We are, we are going to appeal. We are going to get a better judge who has better opinions. Hey, hey! The only the only thing you, the only thing you're going to catch with the baseball glove when you go against me, Mike, is you're going to catch a bad one, dude. And that's just what happened. <laughs> we, will, we the fight will continue. Any man who wants to bring a glove to a game, I, I will advocate for you. Yeah, you, you do that. <laughs> you, better, you better be sitting right next to him, getting out, getting out of your seat, punching the mitt, going, "Come on, hit it here, hit it here." I want a video of that. The next time me and you go to a baseball game, we're gonna go with your two sons. We're gonna go with my daughters, and you're gonna. You're, I'm gonna take a video of you doing that, and you're gonna put it on Vine. You're gonna put it on Big League Stew, and, and we'll see how much of a man you are doing that. If if I may take off my judge hat for a moment, Mike, uh, the Zach Campbell thing doesn't. It just hurts your cause. Just it almost feels like you know there's nothing you can do when that guy's out there. We're just lumping. We're just lumping people together. I'm talking about <laughs> ball hawks, man. I'm just talking about. The average dude who wants to bring his, his glove out to the game. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing that make, wrong with it. That makes him below average. You know what? Maybe maybe this country, maybe eventually we'll move in the right place. We'll move in the right direction. That that people will be more accepting of these causes. People will, will put their past stereotypes behind them. They will they will open their minds and they will understand there are Mike, more than one way to do things. Court, no. court is closed, Mike. All right. Yeah. No, the only, you had your chance to make your closing argument. The only thing that, that made this country great and what what made it bad in the 90s was all this political correctness. What made this country great, if you are if you come to me with a baseball glove, I'm going to slap you up. I'm going to take your glove. I'm going to slap you in the face with it. That's what makes this country better. Not going, you have the right. No, you don't have the right. You have the right to do what I want you to do. If you, if you want to do it, come take me on. If you knock me out, then you can do your glove. There we go. That's America. That's America right there. Great. Well, gentlemen, thanks for keeping it civil until the end there. That's Shut the, uh, up, Megan Kelly. That's the first StuPod debate in the books. Congratulations for being a part of it. Swick, I, I thank you for everything, and uh, and I'm sorry I'm going to have to beat you in fantasy sports again this week. That's unfortunate. Both of you guys suck. We are back on the stew pod. Mike Oz, loser of the debate. Nonetheless, still a happy and jolly fellow, <laughs> even though Chris has betrayed me on a personal level. Look, I had to do what I had to do. Betrayal. Um, let's 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 do some actual baseball talk. Talk about some some real teams and and results and and whatnot. The as the uh, Astros. We're not even talking about the Astros. Today. Nope. The Toronto Blue Jays have won eleven games in a row now. Uh, they they won again. On Thursday, uh, they have 11 and 1 in August. They've won 14 out of 15 since acquiring Troy Tulowitzki. And uh, as I noted, as I noted on Twitter, 14 out of 15 since Drake dropped back to back, which is a, I think, a landmark uh, for Toronto, also. So, uh, big things going on in the six, as they call it, Chris. How you feeling about the Blue Jays, man? Are they are they for real? 
Of course they are. If you uh, the, the the big fans of the Stew will recall that when I had a chance to revise my World Series matchup, I put Toronto in there despite the fact that they were five and a half games out at the time. So I was believing in this team. Uh, I've been believing in them for a while, and then obviously these trade deadline moves that really kind of pushed it over the edge for me. Somebody so pat on the back. Yeah, I, ha- that. I have to say, uh, you know. I, I can't say that I saw it happening this quickly, um, but I I felt for a while that they've been the best team in that division. I haven't really been sure how the Yankees have been doing it. So uh, in my mind, this was kind of expected. Not necessarily this run, but Toronto being on top of the division, I, f- I feel like that's just the baseball god's way of making things right. Well, while we're patting each other on the back, Chris, I will <laughs> say that you know I picked them to win the division at the start of the year. So True. You know, let's just let's just get that out of the way. Um, no, but it, it was funny. You know, when those, when those deals went down, people were like, "Oh, you still gotta, still gotta catch the Yankees." You know, they got like a seven-game lead, and um, oh, well, maybe they'll do it by you know September. And then it took them what a week and a half. Right, <laughs> like right. It's, it's, I mean, it's almost comical the way that happened, and and um, you know, not just the Blue Jays playing well, but the Yankees uh, at the same time just going on a pretty big slide, and offense just evaporating you're gone and uh, I don't know I mean I felt like the Yankees as, as good as they were were playing uh, beyond their what they could do for a full season you know they're they're an older team I kind of felt like the burnout was coming and uh, you know I we can't say it's going to be prolonged but if you were going to tell me that the that the Yankees just kind of collapse here and we we don't really hear from them again I would not be surprised by that yeah I'm with you and I think the thing uh that I've seen mentioned a little bit about Toronto uh, on Twitter and whatnot is that the rotation's been so much better since I think the All Star break. Um, you know, as of a few days ago, I think they led the the league in ERA since then. So finally, that that's kind of been the weak point all season, and finally, it just seems like R. A. Dickey has uh, you know got gone on a little run. Mark Burley as well. They got David Price, so they're not. They're definitely playing like one of the elite teams finally after all this time. So I feel good about it. I feel good about the whole thing. And Drake put out that song. Right, of course. Part, with Joe Drake. Carter on the cover of the Blue Jays won the World Series. So I think we can't we have to we have to include that as part of it too. I think I think we're looking at the three big deadline moves for the Blue Jays. It's David Price, Troy Tulowitzki, and Drake's and Drake. Yeah. Gotta gotta include that. Fantastic. All right, well, let's transition to the second hottest team in baseball right now. That would be the Chicago Cubs, and Mike. I don't really, I don't have a specific question for you. I just feel like no one's really talking about this team right now, and maybe that's because they are somehow third in their division despite kicking butt lately. Yeah, well, I think it's also happening in the shadow of, of the Blue Jays, but also the, the you know the Mets have been a really hot topic. Um, I think a lot of people maybe just look at the standings and, and don't necessarily see like, oh, the Cubs are in third place. Of course they are. You know, blah 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 blah. But um, you know, they've they've been on a hot streak too. They are, um, as a matter of fact, they have a better record than the Dodgers. Uh, as a matter of fact, they have a better record than the Mets. Um, they have a better record than pretty much you know everybody in the American League except for the Royals. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, the Cubs are definitely not getting as much attention probably as they should. But at the same time, you know, knowing the expectations in Chicago and the, and the way, you know, they just kind of 
expect disappointment in some senses. It's probably a good thing that the Cubs aren't, aren't getting all the attention right now. And, and um, you know, because inevitably if inevitably that would turn into like a huge disappointment if they don't make the postseason, yeah. you know? I think, I mean, it's totally disappointing that they have the third best record in the National League and they're third in their division. Yeah. So if I were a Cubs fan, I'd be a little disappointed by that. I feel like we're starting to see some of these young hitters really kind of shine. So Kyle Schwarber's been really great lately. And if you can get Chris Bryant to hit for a little better average right now, you combine that with Anthony Rizzo. And that's, I mean, that's got to be up there as potentially one of, you know, the, the most feared uh, trios, I would say, hitting-wise, if, you know, if guys start hitting to their potential. So I like that. The Starlin Castro thing has been a little confusing, but it seems like they're going to ease him into different positions and move guys around. So I don't know. I, I, I really love the young talent on this team. I wasn't really sure it was going to all come together this season. But I, obviously they have. So offensively, I feel good about it. Pitching-wise, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're going to do if they get into a playoff series. I, I saw some people today saying Jake Arrieta ought to start the wild card game because he has now surpassed John Lester. And I just find that kind of interesting. And I, I don't know that it's necessarily the wrong thought either. What I like about the Cubs, I think, is just that we can expect them, I think, even to potentially be a better team you know, a month from now than, than they are right now just because the fact that you're giving all these players like a month more of at-bats, uh, you know, a month more to kind of like – find their spot and, and gel together. Uh, you know, like I, I just feel like the, the Cubs were a team whose trajectory was always going to be on the way up this season. And it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what happens in the NL as a whole, because I feel like there are a lot of teams there that are, you know, playoff caliber teams. Uh, there's, you know, you could probably make a case that, uh, what, seven teams, you know, seven teams for five spots. Yep. If, if you're talking about the giants and the Nats and, you know, and then we'll we'll definitely be talking about those teams, probably the Nats, you know, a lot in the next month or so, month or so as we figure out, you know, whether they're actually a contender. But um, right now, I mean, you gotta you gotta enjoy the the ride the Cubs are going on. I mean, they're playing right as we record this. They're they're playing and they're hitting a bunch of homers today. Which, um, as you know, we have no problem with dingers. We like the dingers. Right. So, yep. uh, you know, if nothing else, like it makes it makes for fun baseball to watch. Like here's this bunch of young guys that just hit a bunch of homers and you know the Blue Jays do the same thing so I, I think I think that's a lot of fun I agree I I would like to see this team on a national stage just because uh, I feel like there's a lot of storylines there so I I would kind of uh, I'd like to see it I think I'd like to see them get into the playoffs so uh, let's, let's talk about some some stats Great, because people love baseball stats. I love right? it. Yeah, Chris, Chris especially. Chris loves the stats, and uh, you actually talked to Brian Kinney this week about yeah. something um, for uh, for our MLB Network broadcast. They did more of a, I don't know, are we, did they call it like a sabermetrics broadcast, or is it just like a different kind of? Was it officially a sabermetrics broadcast? Well, it was billed as an advanced stats broadcast, okay. but I feel like Brian Kenny tried to downplay that a little okay. bit when okay. I talked to him. But essentially, that happened. That was that was earlier this week, and then there was a uh, a little debate, I guess, that Buster Olney got in 
on Twitter on on Wednesday, which was followed up by a, a, a kind of column ripping him on Thursday by Jesse Spector of the Sporting News, and it was all about we got know, beef. how much. Go ahead. We we got beef. That's oh, all. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beef, man. And the uh, at the root of all this is like how much do people know about war as a whole? And and you know Buster Olney's position was. Uh, I'm not going to talk about war as if it's something that just every, all baseball fans know, you know, like they know batting average and home runs and RBIs. Like I can't just talk about it, you know, as, as something that everyone knows. And you know, there's probably some separation there on the internet versus real life. And uh, he just started getting abused for it, and, and including this this column in, in, the, in the Sporting News. And I don't really want to weigh in on like which one of them are right, right or wrong, because you know, whatever. That's that's not really um, the point of of what we do here, but. I am curious at the larger question, and, and you and I have actually talked about this just sort of, you know, one-on-one as we talk about things, but how much do you think that your average baseball fan, whoever whoever that may be, uh, not your average Twitter user, mind you, your average baseball fan, not the hardcore fan, just like your your average person, whoever that is, like how much are they are they just talking about war, you know, on a on a daily basis? I think a pretty large portion is at least aware of it. Uh, I just feel like, the last couple of years, we've seen it kind of permeate into the mainstream. I mean, we talked about Brian Kenny, and he has obviously played a big role in in making it more of a of a thing. So I feel like a vast amount of baseball fans, even maybe the most I don't know, I don't want to offend anybody. The most basic fans is that is that fair to say? I feel like they're aware of it, but but I feel you know, there's also maybe there's a larger percentage of that group that is just going to outright deny it no matter what, or doesn't ever want to understand what it is. And that kind of frustrates me, but I still feel like they are aware of it. They know it exists and they know at least what it tries to do. So I tend to think about, you know, not my friends in situations like this or not even like people I associate with, um, online, I, I tend to think about like my, my dad or right. people like that. And like, you know, I'm fairly certain I'm like, I'm, so I'm sure my dad knows that something called war exists. Yeah. Um, you know, the same way he probably knows that someone named Drake exists. But if I'm like, what is war? What is Drake? He'd be like, uh, I, I couldn't tell you, you know? And, and I feel like that to me, that's sort of like where the line is of, you know, knowing something but then being able to like actually practically apply it to a situation because you could be like hey man you know Mike Trout has a war of 6.5 that's pretty good huh somebody's like yeah that's that, that yeah that's good you know and and they don't they have no no idea you know and i think some right. i think there's sort of like that that idea of of stats versus context so I, I tend to like side, and after I said we're not going to take sides, but I tend to kind of take sides with Buster Olney in the sense that, you know, like I understand that you have to, to a certain degree, quote unquote, dumb it down for, you know, your 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 basic fan, you know, and and not really, um, just go overboard with with stats and stuff. And Twitter is different, though. I mean, I think I think I would say your average Twitter baseball fan knows way more about this stuff than like your right. average dad baseball fan. But if I were to go around a baseball stadium, I guess I guess maybe that's the way to think of it. If you're going to go around a stadium and do like a survey of the 30,000 people there, like how many of them, you know, can tell you 
what war is and, and why it matters. Right. And I don't know what percentage you think that is. I, I would not think it's I would not think it's over fifty percent. Ooh, I would. I would. Because I mean, it, even in some parks, you're starting to see it displayed on a scoreboard. Not many. I maybe only Houston, but I think it has become a little more prevalent. But what what I wanted to add to the well, only not, but not thing again, again prevalent oh, okay. being like say it's on, it's on a baseball card, yeah. But just because it's on a baseball card doesn't mean that people have any idea what the heck it is. Yeah, I guess so. I guess those are the people I just don't want to talk to. So <laughs> just so, going so, so to be a jerk. That's the question: is like you can ask probably fifty percent of the people at a baseball game know that something called war exists, but how 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 what percentage of them like can tell you what it what what it does? I mean, just on like the most basic level. I I still think it'd be close to fifty percent. Okay. Uh, here's what I want to add about Olney, though. I I understand his stance saying, uh, you know, this is kind of my audience. So my audience understands. Think you know he's getting a lot of flack for using RBI um, in in one of his tweets, mm-hmm. and I I understand his point. I understand that his audience understands RBI much better than WAR, but I also think RBI is kind of a garbage stat. So uh, I don't. I'm not even saying that WAR is you know, far and away the best that I think there's some flaws in there, but I do think it's maybe a, well, it is a better way to value a player than RBI or wins. Um, you know, I was thinking about this yesterday. Uh, I'm going to tell a little story here. So I hope, hope you're cool with that story on man story on in, uh, my senior year of high school, my teacher had us write letters to our future selves. So she, decided that once we graduated college, she would send them back to us and we would read them. That's so I remember this was, uh, well, I've already, I've already outed my age on this podcast before. So the year I graduated from high school was 2005. It was also the year that the White Sox won the World Series. And so when I got the letter back, one of the first things I mentioned in the letter to myself was, I think it said something like, John Garland is 8-0 with a whatever ERA. And I was thinking about this last night and I just thought, I I don't I can't believe that I knew his win total then because that just seems so ridiculous to me now. Like I, I couldn't tell you how many wins Chris Sale has at this moment or who's leading the league in wins. I just feel like we've we've evolved and you know, there are better stats out there. But that that wasn't the case, you know, ten ten years ago? Man, getting old, Mike. Yeah, I mean, I would even say, well, depends how early of an adopter you are, but I mean, I would say the the prevalence of war is probably even the last five years. You yeah, know, for your for your more common fans who at least know about this stuff, um, and you know, you and I have talked about stats before. Like, I'm I'm certainly not the most like statty dude out there, but you know, I do see the value in them. But I also understand that um, you know, people like us pay a lot more attention to baseball than than your than your casual fan does, and I guess to me, like, I just, I'm always aware of things that exist and live on, like, in this internet vacuum, but aren't necessarily, you know, uh, uh, sorry, applicable in the real world, you know, to to your, to your average people who aren't on Twitter or whatever. And so that, that's kind of what I always, what I always think about. So I don't, I don't know how you do it, but I really would be interested in to see the results of, you know, your average baseball game. How many people know about, how many people know about war, you know, and. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know that there's any great point to be made there, but I, I'd be curious to, to know the answer. I'm with you. 
I think we could talk about this for hours if we wanted, but <laughs> many, I don't think we have topics. that kind of time. Many topics. So you want to you wanna get into some important questions and some stories and some uh, other et cetera items? Yeah, I think maybe you should go first. Uh, All right. So, you know, we had the Taco Truck Throwdown last week in, in Fresno, yes. which I'm, I'm one of the organizers of. And um, so I have just a funny story to share beyond the fact that we sold a grip of tacos, like, like way, 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 like more tacos than I thought, like 38,000 tacos. It was pretty crazy. But, um, so we're there, this is even, this is way before the event, hours before it started. We're there, we're like, I, I'm in one of the areas, you know, loading the taco trucks into where they're going to park. And like, you know, I got like a little walkie talkie and I'm all like official with a little map and stuff. So there's a, there's a, um, pro wrestling group in town. It's a luchador wrestling thing. And they were doing a, like, after the baseball game, they were going to do a wrestling thing at the stadium, you know. So they are kind of loading in, too. And somebody just came in the gate and parked in one of the spots where one of the taco trucks is going to park. And I, like, probably at least, I don't know, 150 feet from him. I'm like, hey, man, you can't park there, just so you know. And he's like, well, we're going to move our, we're going to move. we got to unload some stuff. I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then he's walking towards me, and he starts, like, gets closer to me, starts yelling at me about, how you know people like me are the problem in the world and well oh yeah he's not wrong he's not wrong <laughs> and starts you know busting out some f words about how you know what he would how he would kick my ass and and all this kind of stuff and i recognized him you know i, I knew who he was <laughs> he's a um you know kind of an old school pro wrestler guy named the raging bull manny fernandez who he was like an nwa wrestler like back in the 80s awa um if Bad News Ramen was still here, he could tell you more about him. I know he, he, he gave me some stuff to tell uh, Manny Fernandez if I ever run into him again about how he lost <laughs> to, to Tully Blanchard or something. But uh, anyway, so he, he just starts yelling at me, man. And I was just like, it's cool, dude. Like, you, you, you move your car, it's fine. You don't got to move your car right now. But, you know, just, just so you know, like, you can't leave your car right there. And then he's just like cussing at me walking by me cussing at me and my dad is there and my dad like you know jumps into like papa bear mode to defend me so then this guy wants to he's just walking by cursing at us wants to kick both of our asses and um it was a lot of fun and And i celebrated by eating a taco you made it you're still here today so that's good i'm still here I, I I definitely would have gotten my ass kicked though by like a 65 year old pro wrestler i'm pretty sure because he looked pretty insane well that'll happen man yeah so there you go. Tell, All right, tell, tell your kids the time about my God's almost getting beat up. <laughs> All right, you ready for an important question? Uh, sure. Um, Figure since, four leg lock. Is that the answer? No. Sorry. Since well, since all I do is think about superheroes in my off time, <laughs> yeah. I started to think about what would happen. Well, I'm going to give you the scenario. Mike Oz, you're the new commissioner of the superhero baseball league. It's all superheroes on teams around the league and you need this league. You need the game to still be viable. Okay. Okay. You can't, can't be insane. So I need to know what, what powers do you outlaw? What powers cannot be in the league in order to make it still, you know, a functioning game. What would break the game? (laughs) Let's, let's back up a little bit. Are these just things you think about? Regardless of the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Well, see, I think somebody was having this conversation on Twitter or a similar one. And then I started thinking about uh, there's just a lot of superheroes out there who who would break 
baseball if they played. Yeah. So there's got to be rules in place. Um, let's see. I, I guess I would say that you, you can't really have somebody who can – you can't really have the flash, right? I mean, you can't be running – I don't know. Maybe that's his power. I don't know. I think I you could have fair. the flash. I guess that's fair. Um, I don't know, Chris. What kind I, I of weird uh, question is this, man? Hey, telekinesis, okay? You can't be – because, like, if you're Jean Grey from the X-Men, you could just make the ball fly into your mid every time. You got to outlaw okay. those people, All right. All right. you know? You're breaking the game. So that that would be my main one. All right. Um, so I guess let's, let me try to think of another superpower. Yeah. I, I figure, like, the you know, the Flash would be allowed because other superheroes also have super speed. Maybe not as fast as the Flash. Yeah. But, you know, Superman could maybe catch him on the bases. Okay. I think power, you know, strength is a viable, a viable thing. You can be strong. That's fine. Uh, part of part of who you are and what you do. This is good. I like it. Invisibility. I mean, in, ooh, okay, I don't, that's I don't good. Know, I don't know how it necessarily benefits you. You know how you could use that to get a big advantage, but I feel like everybody should be visible. I think that's a good point. If you make contact with the ball and then you're invisible, I feel that's that's a big problem on the base paths. Yeah. No one's going to be able to find you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go with invisibility, I guess. There you go. You did it. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm going to start having my son answer these super <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, he'd be good. He freaked out. We saw some some Spider-Man show today, and it had all these other Avengers on it that he wasn't expecting, and he freaked out, ran to the other room, to, like, ah, there's so-and-so, and there's so-and-so, and I'm like, yeah, man, great. So... Maybe you guys can hang out and, and talk about superheroes. I mean, he's four, but, you know, you guys could get along well. I think we could have some good conversations. Yeah. All right. Uh, my last important question for you, Chris, is what's your favorite Migos song? I, I, don't, I don't know any. I told you one before we even started recording the podcast. You could at least said that one. I, I don't – I forgot. Dab Daddy. Back to back. <laughs> no, that's Drake. <laughs> Chris. Is Drake, is Drake also charged up? Yes, that, that, was, okay. that, that was the first one that wasn't as good. Back to back is the good one, right? So, if you're if you're if you're being the hip hop beef judge, you could say you should have just made your first diss song your good one. And why'd you put out one bad diss song or one so so diss song and then have to come back with a good diss song when in a time the other person didn't reply? So if you want to get judgy on that, Chris, just so you know, in case you're ever in case anybody wants you to judge the hip hop beefs. Just right, helping you, helping you out there. That's the next. That's the natural progression for me. Yeah, yeah. hip hop, hip hop judge. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this has been the Stew Pod. We hope you've enjoyed all of our shenanigans today. We'll be back next week with probably even more shenanigans because that's just how it is. See you. Yep.